1: Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence Data, fixed median download speeds, USQ3 2023. When it comes to the world of soccer, we've got, got you covered. covered. Go, go.
0: Back to more of Atlanta soccer tonight on Sports Radio 929
2: The Game.
1: Welcome back to Atlanta Soccer tonight, getting ready for the Group C conclusion on Wednesday. And we've got to talk Mexico because it's one of the biggest stories in this tournament. Antonio Ramos, the color commentator on Spanish-language television for
2: Charlotte FC, joining us. Antonio, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. No, thank you for having me here, guys. I'm so happy to talk about the World Cup. Not so happy to talk about Mexico, but we need to talk about the important points of this Gerardo Martino's uh, regime and uh, but. Happy to talk to you and have talked again with Jess. It's been it's been a while that we haven't chat about soccer.
0: It's been too long. It's been yeah. too long, Antonio. You because alluded it's
2: to it. This last year. <laughs>
0: oh, my gosh. You alluded to it. It's been a really tough time for Mexican fans. Obviously, yeah. Mexico is a nation that believes they belong in the World Cup and to make deep runs in the World Cup. What for you is going wrong right now?
2: Well, everyone can blame Gerardo Martino. Uh, and I know that he has not proven himself to be a decent manager in this World Cup stages because uh, we saw him in the process with Paraguay. We saw him in a process with Argentina as well. But And right now, I mean, Mexico, they, they don't have the deepest squad in their history. And let, let's start with that. Uh, there are a lot of players that are not in good football shape right now. And, of course, he didn't call a couple of ones that, to be honest with you, they're just like junkster projects. And they would, I mean, we all would we'll love to have them during the World Cup. And we're talking about Santiago Jimenez and Marcelo Flores and uh, Diego Laines, But those three guys, they wouldn't really, like, make a huge impact or make it this a huge difference. But they deserve to be here. And they're not in, in, in Tata Martino's list because – uh, it will be just a huge moment for them, just in developing and having uh, experience in these uh, World Cup stages and these international scenarios. But um, as I said, I, I don't blame everything to to Gerardo Martino. But to be honest, he he could prove uh, better things, and uh, he did not that with with the, with the game against Argentina. I think. Uh, Losing against Argentina is pretty normal. I get it. Uh, But the way they threw away that game is what kind of bothers me and what kind of bothers the Mexican fan base. Uh, Martino changed to a five at the back formation, which kind of, I understand it. I'm not mad that he's using five defenders, but it's the conservative tactics. It's not using your best defensive midfielder like Edson Alvarez. Hey, uh, if you want to have a defensive game plan, put your best holding midfielder in there. Instead, he used a 36 and a 32-year-old 30, midfielder in Andres Guardado and Héctor Herrera to pair a very athletic midfield with the Argentinian players like uh, Rodrigo De Paul, Lionel Messi, Alexis McAllister. That's so contradictory. So he gave the possession entirely to Argentina and waiting for them to attack you in your own last third was a recipe for a disaster.
1: Yeah, it's been such a, a strange watch from the outside, and especially having watched Tata Martino here in Atlanta for two years. Right. He I know he likes to rely on veteran players. I, I understand that, and and we saw it here firsthand. But this is a situation where you said it, there, there's a lot of a lot of players who don't come into this tournament in good form, in good health. Raul Jimenez, not what he was before the injury, and he's dealing with a different injury right now. I was shocked that you didn't see somebody like Linas, somebody like Santiago Jimenez come in and give them at least an alternative.
2: Yeah, that's right. And it's not just lack of scoring, it's it's lack of of creating chances as well. And uh, Mexico is scoreless in the last four World Cup games. Now we need to beat Saudi Arabia by at least four goals if you want to still control your own destiny. And regardless of what happens with the Poland-Argentina game, of course, if Poland wins, then Mexico needs to win by any score. Uh, if they tie, you need to win by four. If Argentina wins by one, you still need four and so on. Then maths are not my strength. But uh, um, yeah, uh, I, I think it's not just who is the striker. And Martino changed the formation. He used two false nines okay. against Argentina, which... I understood what what he tried to do with Alexis Vega and and Irving Lozano, to speed guys to counterattack Argentina, but they didn't have the resources. And I mean, just you, you know me that uh, I I don't blame uh, defensive tactics. And to me, five at the back is not a defensive scheme if you mm-hmm. use properly your wingbacks. If you could mm-hmm. have used Jesus Gallardo and Kevin Alvarez the wingbacks uh, in their last third and be like kind of more. Uh, compact in in the midfield and just work as a unit work as a block uh i I like five at the back but you need to use it properly and they they didn't they they didn't do that that well so um yeah it's 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 frustrating how he just changes formation from a 4-3-3 that he's been dominating and using a lot during the qualifiers and then just drastically changed to a five of the bag that he didn't use that much. Without it, Son Alvarez. that's completely uh, insane to me.
0: Now, you mentioned, Antonio, Saudi Arabia, the team that you have to face, probably yeah. had one of the biggest upsets in World Cup history when they defeated Argentina in the opener. Does it make you a little nervous that this is a side now you're facing that maybe before the World Cup, people thought was going to be a guaranteed win for Mexico? Now you've seen them how they're performing in this World Cup. Is it a team you're nervous about facing as a Mexican fan?
2: So I said this even before uh, the World Cup started, when I saw the, the draw. Um, I was not uh, surprised or, you know, just intimidated by the group itself, but the way the schedule was for Mexico, because th- this was the worst scenario that you could be facing the weakest opponent in, in, in this group, in the verge of elimination, so, and that's how are we right now. So Saudi Arabia showed Martino how to compete against Argentina. You know, high pressure in the second mm-hmm. half, intensity in their first third. Uh, use your wing backs higher, and Martino did completely the opposite way. Uh, but yeah, um, uh, I'm I'm not I'm not concerned about what's going to happen tomorrow against Saudi Arabia. Uh, it's not just scoring four goals tomorrow or getting eliminated from the group stage. What concerns me is 2026 and the future of this national team. Uh, we won't have any player under 23 years old with previous World Cup experience. We are right now the second oldest squad in the entire World Cup. You know, our, our executives care about their pockets and Liga make his revenue more than developing talent and using those talents to help the national team reach the dream fifth game in a World Cup. And that's not going to happen. If you don't show a plan and say, hey, this is what I want for my domestic league and this is what I want for my national team, it doesn't matter who is the next coach, if Martino is fired or not. Uh, but the next guy that they need to sign, they, they, sign, they need to sign him for more than four years, not just 80, not just the next process, you know, because in 2027, we will have the exact same problem with just what happened in Russia and what happened after Brazil, what happened after South Africa, what happened after the Germany world cup, you need continuity in those process and hiring a, a head coach for four years is, is not the recipe of success for, for Mexico. And and we have unfortunately see that in the past.
1: Yeah. I think it's interesting because when Tata was hired for Mexico, there were a lot of us fans who were frustrated and I was right there with them that Martino had expressed interest in the U.S. job and was not interviewed. Greg Berhalter ends up getting the U.S. job. Even in the first year, there were a lot of people who felt like Mexico made the better hire. Now, it hasn't worked out for Martino, and it's not all his fault, in my opinion. I think there are some things that have just gone against him, but I completely agree with you, and I think this is the critical juncture for Mexican soccer to look ahead as you have a World Cup coming to say how do we get from where we are right now, potentially going to go out in the group stage for the first time in a long, long time Mm -hmm. to hosting, co-hosting a World Cup in 26 and making a run. I think you saw Canada build over this last cycle. They're going to be in better shape in 26 than they are now. The U.S. went very young. They got Mm -hmm. out of the group. They're going to be in better shape in 26 than they are now. Mexico, I think the pathway to be better in 26 it's hard to find that road.
2: It is hard to to find it uh, they need to send more young guys to Europe uh, but guess what Club owners won't sell them for the right price right and then they turn 27 and accept an offer from a mid-class team in Spain and that's what they what they grab and for the next World Cup process we won't be playing in the under20 World Cup nor the Olympics. We won't have any player, as I said, under 23 years old with previous World Cup experience. And of course, we need another coach. But what we truly need is a football project that shows continuity and long-term commitment in developing your young players, not just expecting to have a magical result every four years because that's not going to happen. And having said that, they can still control their own destiny tomorrow beating Saudi Arabia (laughs) by four. And we could be celebrating, but... We have to see the bigger picture, as I said. Of course, a win tomorrow can change all this narrative, but I hope we don't lose track of these important things that, that we just said.
0: Antonio, put your coach's hat on for a minute. How would you approach this game tomorrow? What would you be doing tactically in order to try and pick up that result and control your own destiny?
2: Yeah, just uh, change the, the, the mentality and uh, that... That you showed against Argentina, uh, of course, the four-three-three is going to come back. Um, the problem is that you don't have this true nine, this true striker that has scoring ability right now, and they're not in good shape. As, as Jason said, Raúl Martín, Raúl Jiménez is just far away from his his best days. Um, Henry Martín, Rogelio Funes Mori, they they're just Liga MX strikers at at that level. Um, I hope that they could, you know, just shake a little bit the squad and use Alexis Vega or Irving Lozano as a false nine and uh, use Orvalim Pineda that's playing in in Greece, that he can be a decent attacking midfielder. Uh, Just leave Edson Alvarez and And Luis Chavez, who is having a a very good World Cup, I think Luis Chavez is one of the bright spots in this Mexican national team. He's so dynamic. He has a magical left foot. Uh, He has very high work rates. But uh, you you need to create more chances. It doesn't matter if you play with Raul Jiménez or or Rogelio Funes Mori, but you need to create more chances. I think Orbelin Pineda needs to start um, and just hope Alexis Vega and Irving Lozano have one of their best days so far. But uh, I'll I'll personally use like a 4-2-2-2 lineup, just leave Edson Alvarez and Luis Chavez in the midfield and get those four guys up front and and do their thing. But I think he's, of course, going to stick with a 4-3-3, maybe with Orbelin Pineda as an attacking midfielder behind the, the number nine. Let's bounce around the tournament just a little bit. We've
1: had two groups finish up today, Group A and B. We know who's advanced. We have some decent ideas about who's going to advance out of the other groups. Who has stood out to you as potential title winners in this World Cup?
2: From Group, group A or... From any group. Entire World Cup. Because from Group A, uh, I really feel bad about Ecuador. Like, well, I think they, they did yeah. a fantastic job in the first two games. Mm-hmm. And... They they they're eliminated right now. They just slipped a couple of minutes in that Senegal game and they're out. But uh, um, you know, I think I really like England this year. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's, it's, it's a pretty deep squad. They have a mix of young th- young guys and veteran guys. They're good coached, uh, and uh, I I really like you know Brazil France. I think those three. Teams, uh, they have a pretty strong chance to, to to make it to high stages in this World Cup. Um, my dark my dark horse was Serbia. I mean, it's, it's still Serbia, and it's it's interesting why I say Serbia because um, they were under twenty champions in two thousand fifteen. So that generation right. is right now in the in the in their best shape possible. Uh, six or seven players were at that under twenty uh, championship with Bielko Paunovic, who is by the way now the new Chivas coach in, in Mexico such a fascinating hire that one to me it is very interesting what what Paunovic can do not just for Chivas but for the Mexican mm-hmm. team as well in, in the future uh you know I can't consider Portugal as a surprise or like a dark horse because they have a very solid squad but I think uh they're going to have a, a deep run in in this World Cup and who knows what happens uh, with Uruguay in, in on Friday yeah because Uruguay is on the verge of elimination against Ghana. And, you know, we mm-hmm. remember what happened in, in, in South Africa <laughs> uh, with the Luis Suarez handball. And, you know, maybe this is a revenge game for, for Ghana. But, yeah, I, I think Serbia, they, they have a, an interesting squad. Uh, I think it, the, the last game they played, it was, it was a crazy game. And you see the talent that, that they have, Mitrovic, Blaovic, Sergei Milinkovic, Savic. Uh, those Eastern European teams are are, are so in, entertaining to watch, and uh, but yeah, I, I like I like uh, England, France, Brazil as my candidates, and let's see if if Portugal can uh, make surprises here.
0: And we love the World Cup because we get to see some of the best players in the world, obviously on the yeah. pitch. Has there been anyone that's really stood out to you in terms of? newcomers coming out of their skin playing to a level that maybe we didn't know of before they stepped foot in the world cup
2: i know that he didn't do that but Jude bellingham to me is is being standard for for england mm-hmm. um of course bruno fernandez with with portugal those type of, of players i really wanted to see more from kevin de bruyne uh, mm-hmm. because we know what, what he's capable of and that golden Belgium generation uh, is just disappointing every every turn. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's tough to, to watch them because we we all know how individually they are capable of but just collectively is is so hard for them just to have success in in international stages Antonio thanks so
1: much for the time we really really appreciate it and good luck to Mexico tomorrow but
2: it's gonna take a little bit of extra help to get through. Yeah prayers maybe (laughs) and
0: (laughs) we got you we got you
2: (laughs) yeah thanks so much for having me guys it was it was fun to talk to talk about it with you